Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to the J-Ham Special, where I love to talk about Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Warhammer 40k, and other aspects of my nerdy life. On this wonderful and cold Monday, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Magic Mondays. Magic the Gathering can be a little bit of a daunting task for a lot of new players to get into, so I want to share with you some of the ways that you can build your very first Magic the Gathering deck, and just a few kind of tips and tricks that you can use when it comes to the color identity of the deck, and what kind of cards you should be throwing in there. So strap in and get ready for the episode, and we're going to take a moment to hear from our sponsors, and I'm going to jump in on it for you. So one of the most complicated things with Magic the Gathering is trying to figure out what kind of deck you're wanting to build. Um, Be it the archetype that you're looking to build or the colors that you're looking to involve into it, um, you're going to come to find out that there's a lot that goes into the deck building process. I know I've talked earlier about um, just the easy deck building template that I've used as far as whenever I talk about the rule of nine or the rule of ten, and they're using a full play set or four cards of the same name to try and help with the consistency of your deck. Now, some of you might be out there making different decks, and I actually heard some feedback from uh, the email that stated that some people are building the decks and they're trying to figure out, well, what kind of colors should we be playing? Um, A lot of people are out there finding out that they were making five-color decks because they thought, hey, this color looks good, um, or this specific spell looks good out of this wheelhouse or color, but... What ended up happening is they were kind of man and screwed. They didn't have a lot of the colors that they needed, and they needed more fixing for their actual deck. So outside looking at just basically the uh, the rule of nine and the rule of ten, and then having at least 20 to 24 lands in your deck, something you should also be looking at is the mana curve that comes into your deck, or at least the... Um, the mana colors that are going to go in there. So when I'm talking about the colors, it's Wooburg. So you have white, blue, black, green, and red um, for the colors of magic. And those are the colors that you can involve in the deck. Now, there are also colorless cards. There's also the um, colorless Eldrazi cards. And there's a few like Frexen mana and a couple other things that are kind of corner cases that you may not be super aware of. But when you're starting off with your first deck, um, Outside of just having the consistency and the, using those play sets and the template, you want to see, okay, well, what kind of spells am I want to play? You kind of want to kind of make a game plan um, for what you want to do. So the first thing I would say is, what colors do you want to play? Um, if you're starting off, I'd recommend sticking with maybe a couple colors, if not just going monocolor. The reason that monocolor can be really nice is because you don't have to worry about buying any of the dual lands, um, regardless of the pricing on there, because reality is is magic when they're making spells the concept behind it is they're saying if you're playing a multicolored spell you want to be it's going to be more powerful than a monocolor spell the same converted mana cost so a black green spell would most likely not always but most likely it should be a little bit stronger than just a green and one of either a color or a or just a green spell um I mean, again, it gets a little skewed if you're playing like a green-green spell versus a black-green spell, but the thing is, is if you're playing a mono-color deck, usually the spells you're looking to play and its color identity are going to skew what kind of deck you want to get playing in there. So if you're going black-green, you want to make sure you have enough black mana sources and green mana sources to really work out with your deck. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more on that with this deck strategy in just a moment, but you're going to make sure you have enough lands on hand to help you out with getting there in the first place. 
And that's where the whole quote of getting mana screwed runs into. Mana screwed either means one of two things. Your mana screwed because you don't have enough lands, so you're drawing too many spells and not enough of your lands, which hopefully the rule of nine or the rule of ten can help you out there. But the other side of mana screwed is you don't have enough mana, like, color-wise. So if you're playing a black, blue, and red deck, and you only have blue mana on the table, well, you're going to have a bad time trying to cast the rest of the spells in your deck. So keep that in mind. You want to play with multicolored lands if you can. Even the tap lands in a casual format can still be better than just trying to run all basics. When you get more competitive, there are some lands that you can, you know, bring to the battlefield, and they come untapped under certain parameters. These lands are usually more expensive, or they come with a major drawback. So just keep that in mind. If you're playing multicolor, it can get more expensive rather than just going monocolor. And you'll also have to try and determine if you're playing multiple colors, how to go through and divvy up which lands you should involve in there. Should you be playing um, 10 forests and then 14 swamps? Or should you be playing some of the dual lands? Or should the you know ratio be entirely different in the first place? So once you determine what colors you want to play with based on at least the spells that you think are cool and you want to involve in there, um, you also want to figure out what kind of, I guess, archetype you're wanting to play with. How is your game going to play out? Like, how are you planning on winning with your deck specifically? Um, the three major, like, overall archetypes for a magic deck is aggro, combo, and control. Aggro is specifically focused on you playing a bunch of creatures and spells that are going to usually bring your opponent's life total from 20 down to zero. Um, or, in like the case if you're trying to win by mill, you're trying to aggressively mill your opponent as fast as possible by using your creatures and spells and you know abilities on the battlefield to make your opponent draw into an empty library. Everything is a little bit different, but that's kind of up to you on what your win con's going to be. But if you're playing aggro, just know that your creatures and spells, everything you play should be advancing your win condition. The next one would be control. Control is the other archetype that you see a lot of. Um, and certain colors play really well into control, but every color I feel like has a little bit of aggro, has a little bit of control. Control, the main focus of that archetype is to go through and slow down your opponent long enough for you to play your big giant threats. Um, a lot of your deck, the consistency for it, are going to focus on spells like Counterspell, which allows you to counter what your opponent's trying to do. If they're playing a creature or a spell that's going to affect you or help them, you want to counter that to make sure they can't advance their game plan. Essentially, you're trying to stop them from advancing their game plan so you can make it to the late game and play a big creature or a big spell that will win you the game. Um, a lot of times people use lands um, like Celestial Colonnade that will be able to swing in um, and, you know, hit your opponent for pretty big damage. Other times you might just be playing a big old spell that, um, mills out your tires player's library, or maybe play a giant red spell that will burn your opponent in one go because you advanced your board just enough. So when you're looking at that combo side, which is the next one, it's a little bit of a hybrid. You can play a little bit more, you know, aggro or combo or aggro or control when it comes to combo. Um, but ultimately what combo is looking to do is you're playing with usually one, or not one card, but usually it's two to three cards that do something unique together that makes a combo that is kind of difficult to stop. Now, combos can be defeated. Usually if your opponent learns what your combo is for the deck, they can make sure to counterspell one of your combo pieces to make sure you can't win the game. 
Other times they may just try to use aggro approach and kill you before you even get a chance to assemble your combo. So depending on what you're wanting to play with, keep in mind that your opponents might have a game plan to stop you in the long run when it comes to combo. Um, and of course, when combo goes through, you can play a little bit more control combo or you can play a little more aggro combo. Maybe you're trying to get to your combo pieces as fast as possible, which is more on the aggro side. And you're playing spells that, again, tutor up or look for the spells that you need to bring them to the battlefield. Or you might be playing you know, spells that are going to help you draw a bunch of cards or filter through your deck that will help get your combo pieces either in your hand or on the battlefield. Other cases, you can play the control route where you are just working on you know, countering your opponent's stuff and then eventually comboing them out. Eight rack, a lot of people consider this to be a combo and control kind of deck because the card eight rack, the more of these you get out there, um, if your opponent has a certain amount of cards in their hand, they get dealt damage. The more um, racks you have on the battlefield, the more damage is getting dealt every turn to your opponent. So the focus is, is to put plenty of those kind of combo pieces on the battlefield and then pull your other spells to make your opponent discard a bunch of their cards. So even if they're not playing the cards, you're making them get rid of their cards or you're playing cards that prevent them from attacking you or taking you down. So again, look at what archetype you're looking to play and then also look at what colors you're playing as well. Um, if you really like the green, you might just be playing a green stompy deck and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you decide to splash in a couple other colors, like a blue green deck, you might be playing like a blue green flicker deck that's focused on playing big green creatures that have good effects when they enter the battlefield. And the blue is just to return them back to your hand or bounce them up and down to make sure they do that enter the battlefield ability. And then whenever you figure out what color you're looking to play and what kind of archetype you're looking to play, you then want to figure out the mana curve that you're playing with. Now, each spell is going to be a little bit different. And honestly, this is one of the hardest parts for people to master. As a beginner, this might be a little bit more of an advanced kind of focus or intermediate kind of focus for your deck. But this will help you out a ton whenever you're starting off. You want to look to see the mana cost that you're playing your spells. So for instance, if I'm playing a monetary, Monastery Swift Sphere, which is one red mana to jump in on the battlefield, I'm playing more of an aggressive deck. That is a one red mana, one drop. What that means is I want to be able to have, if that's my card I'm playing, I want to be able to have a mountain or some kind of land that enters untapped that can tap for red for me to play Monastery Swift Sphere right away on my first turn. Um, but if I have a bunch of red spells in the front, like for my first, you know, my first turn or my second turn or my third turn, based on this converted mana cost, I want to make sure I have that color available when it comes to my lands. So if I'm playing a blue white deck where the majority of my spells are all blue spells, but maybe my big finisher is a giant angel like Avison, I might be playing a white card but I don't want all the white mana right away. Maybe I want all of my blue mana to get started off and then eventually draw into that white mana to help me finish off my opponent by bringing out Avacyn or another one of the angels I'm looking to play with. Um, Sarah Angel's another one a lot of people see that's just, it's uncommon, it's a pretty cheap card, but it was a finisher for the longest time because it cost five mana and it was a four, four flyer that also had vigilance. So the thing was a pretty big beat stick way back in the day where it can both attack and it can defend and it doesn't go away to a lightning bolt, which a lot of people appreciate it. So the thing is, is if I'm playing a blue deck where I'm playing almost all my spells are blue right away, I don't need the white mana right away. I need that at turn five or later. 
So keep that in mind is what, depending on what archetype you choose, be it aggro, combo, or control, and depending on the colors you're looking to play, look to see the mana cost that's gonna come involved with your deck to figure out, okay, which lands do I need to make sure I have more of? Because if I'm playing a deck that is primarily red, I wanna make sure I have more red spells. But if my primarily red deck, all of my first and second turns require me to play with black mana, I wanna have more black mana to make sure I draw into it right away. So that's where those dual lands, those tap lands, those really help you out if they tap for multiple colors. But if you're just playing a mono color deck, usually you don't have to worry about this. So guys, let me know what you thought about those three things. Hopefully that tips kind of help you out with building your deck even farther compared to what I talked about before. Um, if you want to learn more about the different, um, I guess, archetypes or even the different colors or different kind of play styles, let me know. Um, hit me up at thejmspecial at gmail.com or the real jham on just about every social media platform there is. Anyway, guys, I will let you go. You have a great rest of your day and we will talk to you later.